Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. So before we start the episode, we just want to mention Luke Keekley's retirement. We want to congratulate him on getting out of the NFL in a place where he is mentally and physically still very capable. He is one of, in my opinion, he is one of the best linebackers I ever saw. He really defined this generation as an elite linebacker, and he will be sorely missed, not just because of his play on the football field, but because of how great of a person he was. So we just want to wish good luck to the future Hall of Famer Luke Keekley in his future endeavors. And now Jack will introduce our topic for the day. So as an Astros fan, I'm kind of bummed out about this one, but AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau were both fired. Alex Cora was um, in the Red Sox mutually agreed to split ways. Carlos Beltran was fired from the Mets without even playing a game, all because of this um, um, camera and center field thing. And I think the real question on this is, well, if everyone's been fired so far, why hasn't the NFL or the bleh, why hasn't the MLB come out with anything yet saying, well, these guys did it and here's the proof? Well, I think the MLB doesn't really need to come out with that or not right now because what they needed to do was they needed to send a message or like alert the Astros, the Red Sox and the Mets what was going to happen so that the Astros, Red Sox and Mets could begin a, a, a search for new managers. And I think they wouldn't have suspended AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau if there wasn't proof, clear proof and evidence that the Astros did cheat. Some people have said that this move was completely justified and they should have been fired. And others have said, you know, how can you fire a GM and a manager who won a title just a few years ago, you know, pointing out Sean Payton after Bounty Gate with the Saints, he wasn't fired. He was just suspended for one year. I'm kind of in the middle. I think it's a good idea for the Astros to start off clean, but I still do acknowledge that AJ Hinch and Jeff Luna were great at what they did. And I think they deserved a little more respect from the Astros owner. So that's my opinion on this Astros cheating scandal. Honestly, my opinion on it is that for Jeff Lunau, I feel like maybe firing him wasn't exactly the right thing to do because he is kind of like so great. And, you know, GM in baseball is very important. And he was one of the best. He got lots of good players for the Astros. Uh, was also really great at drafting. Uh, drafted great players like Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman. Um you know, guys like that. And I really just think he's one of the best general managers in the game and kind of like Stein stealing. I'm not sure if he was the one who really implemented it because I have seen some things that it was kind of Alex Cora's idea. So I don't know about firing him, but I feel like AJ Hinch being the manager and kind of letting that happen and being more hands-on with the team. uh, I feel like, yeah, maybe he deserves firing. I mean, I think I, I agree with you on that, JW. I think that AJ Hinch should have been punished more severely than the other person. But I do think that 
it was very like irresponsible and unreasonable for the Astros like front office basically to, to say something like that and fire uh two great men who really led the franchise into prosper in many ways like you said drafting they kind of meant uh they kind of meant to like put together the team that exists today but I do understand that they should have been punished for what they did because it was wrong but I think it was a little too extreme. I think the punishments are pretty much around where they should have been. You know, the firings are kind of a different topic. But a little thing I just wanted to bring up as we close, uh, as we almost close out, is that in 2017, what they did wasn't exactly illegal. It was kind of just tiptoeing the lines of the unwritten rules of baseball. You know, you have all these unwritten rules. Baseball is one of those sports, and it's just a bunch of like sportsman-like rules. But the MLB actually implemented rules. Um, you know, defining where teams can put and operate their own cameras in their stadiums prior to this season. And this all took place in 2017. And so, um, you know, what did happen? I feel like it's good for the Astros to get a clean start. And while Luno and a little bit of Hinch may not have been deserving, I think it's all in the best for the Astros organization going forward. So I honestly, I think most of this um, sign stealing happened in 2018. And the rules were implemented in 2019. That should exempt them from their championship for because if you looked at the film from that, there was no banging on trash cans or whatever then. And really, I, um, according to Lunau, it was really the players and bench coaches, i.e. Alex Cora, implementing this. And really, I think they should have kept A.J. Hinch. I think they should have kept Jeff Lunau. Let them serve their suspension. Have an interim manager for the year. Someone from the organization who knows what they're doing. And wait till the MLB comes out with something that says, well, they should be banned for life because they had cameras and they were stealing signs. That has not come out yet. So why fire the guys? I mean, the MLB has suspended them for suspicion in breaking the unwritten rules. Yes, I get that. But let them stay. They are championship winners. These coaches are winners. They have gotten you to the World Series twice. They have won you a World Series. They have won you a couple pennants. Keep them. They are the franchise. We will now go to our championship predictions, and we will start in the AFC and with JW. JW, Titans or um, Chiefs? Uh, I think the Titans win this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. The Titans play a, you know, ball control, run the ball, pound the rock. And the Chiefs kind of have a high-flying offense. But I think the real key is the Chiefs' front seven. Um, they actually look pretty good against the Houston against the Houston Texans. But I don't think they'll stand up well this week versus that really good O-line in Tennessee and Derrick Henry. And I just think it's going to be really hard for them to stop the Tennessee Titans' offense. And if they just don't score a touchdown or a field goal on one drive, then they'll be down, and I just don't think they'll be able to get out of it. Um, I'm very much like debating with myself on who I think is going to win this game. But I think the Titans, and the reason I think the Titans is because of the run game. The Chiefs have won, have not, do not have a, their defense has improved a lot this season, but they still don't have a great run defense. And Derrick Henry has been destroying defenses lately. He's had three straight games of 100, 180 yards or more. I mean, that's unbelievable. And just to prove it more, the Titans have beaten two, well, the Patriots, who have a lot of experience, which proves that they can beat experienced players, as well as them beating the Ravens, who are one of the 
who, in my opinion, are the best team in the NFL. So the Titans, the Titans having a great run offense, while the Chiefs having a bad run defense, as well as the Titans proving themselves against two of the best teams in the NFL, are why I think the Titans are going to win this game. Although it looks like Chris Jones is not practicing, Travis Kelsey is still practicing despite a few injuries, uh, minor injuries later in the season, and. I just feel that I can't go against the Chiefs, especially since it's in Arrowhead. I like the Titans. What they've been doing so far has been nothing short of just amazing. And Derrick Henry's just an animal. Ryan Tannehill's making the throws when he needs to. What I saw, what I saw in Patrick Mahomes after you know the infamous 24-0 lead is him showing why he was the guy going into the season, not Lamar Jackson, why he was the reigning MVP. And he's gonna reclaim, not the MVP title, of course, but he's gonna show why he's the killer. And it's going to be a close one. I think the Titans definitely have a chance, but I, in the end, I have the Chiefs taking this one by at least a touchdown. Um, I agree that the Titans do have a really close game. Um, I am not going to take the Chiefs just for the fact that their run defense has been lacking, and they played, and the Titans have played other teams with a better run defense. But the fact that the uh, Titans line and they have Derrick Henry in the backfield pounding the run every single play, I think it's going to be unstoppable. I think it's going to be a one or two touchdown game, but I have the Titans in this one. I am going to pick the Chiefs. When the season started, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and I picked them to be in the Super Bowl right before the playoffs, and I still think that they will win the Super Bowl because of Patrick Mahomes, who is by far the best quarterback in the NFL. He is the best quarterback I have ever seen on a football field. He is simply ridiculous. Last game against the Texans, he had seven straight touchdown drives. That is unheard of, especially against a playoff team. I don't think there is any way the Titans will be able to stop Patrick Mahomes. And because that Chiefs offense is so explosive, I think if the Chiefs get out to an early lead, Derrick Henry won't be able, the, Tex, the Titans won't be able to control the ball with Derrick Henry, meaning they're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill. And I just don't think Ryan Tannehill, although he's had a great season, can play better than Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter, in the clutch, when he really needs to. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, though I do agree that I think it's going to be very close because the Titans have a lot of good players and because Derrick Henry is a monster. So I think you got to look at the two offenses here. The Titans play very much a ground game offense. They're very big on ball control. Well, the Chiefs, they have a high-flying offense. Patrick Mahomes, a ton of um, receivers, Michael Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I think the Chiefs can answer anything the Titans put up in three minutes. Well, and when you get down into a late situation, when the Titans are down by three with maybe two minutes left and with no timeouts, they can't run a two-minute drill with Derrick Henry. You tackle him on the ground and nothing much else can happen. So I think the um, time that the Titans are going to take late in the game when they need to score is going to be um, a killer for them. I really don't think Ryan Tannehill is a different animal now. I think he just has more weapons around him. A.J. Brown, probably rook, my candidate for Rookie of the Year, played insane this year. Um, he's great, an easy target to find, and Derrick Henry has taken a lot of the workload off Ryan Tannehill. I think he is the only quarterback to reach a championship game without throwing for over 200 yards in each game. So I think when he has to throw the ball, bad things happen. I think he'll have to throw the ball. So for those reasons, I'm taking the Chiefs.
Now to the NFC title match. We got the Niners versus the Packers, and JW will start again. Uh, in this game, I think it really depends on how George Kittle is feeling. And, you know, he's had some injuries. And if he doesn't play in this game, I think the Packers have a very good shot of winning this thing. And even if he's only 50-50, I think the Packers can win it just because they have, uh, you know, Pro Bowl snub Aaron Jones. And he can run the ball super well. And they have Aaron Rodgers. And I think when they get into the late game situation, Aaron Rodgers can really take over in the two-minute drill. He's super clutch. And I think they could pull out against a uh, really good 49ers team. So I would have to disagree with JW and think that the 49ers are going to win this football game. Now, there are many reasons that I believe so, but there's a few main ones. Number one, the 49ers' defensive line is just unbelievable. With Nick Bosa as the rookie and so many other players, it's unstoppable. And I just don't think Aaron Jones will be able to get, get it going on the run game. And then also... Well, obviously the Niners are at home. And then also, if you look at Green Bay's record, they're 13-3. and But Green Bay is the worst 13-3 and team of all time. They, they've been playing good football but they've in the regular season, but they did almost lose to the Lions twice. In fact, they were leading for zero minutes and zero seconds in all of those games, and they won on a game-winning field goal for both of them. So I just I don't see the Packers winning this game, and I have the Niners winning. See, a lot of people on your comment, Jacob, were saying that the Packers were winning ugly and, yeah, they were just barely speaking up the wins. And I know that's going to get to Aaron Rodgers, and even if he doesn't show it, he's really going to ignite something within him. Although, with that, I still, in this game, I still can't take the Packers. I'm taking the 49ers. And one of the reasons I see that the Packers took over the um, the divisional game against the Seahawks a little, a little later in the second half it's just Devontae Adams was just beasting and feasting all over the secondary. And Richard Sherman, to me, is an underrated man coverage corner, and I think he's going to be shadowing Devontae Adams the entire game. And that's going to really lock up uh, Aaron Rodgers' options. And also, Jimmy Garoppolo, I said this in an earlier episode, he's been with the Patriots, and he has this um, playoff experience that, you know, Aaron Rodgers definitely has as well since he Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl himself. But Garoppolo, he's also been there before, and so – He's been able to sit back and look at the environment, and now it's his time to take the rein. And, of course, Kittle, just an impact player, whether he's um, 100% or 25%, he's going to draw some attention or a good amount of attention, and he opens up so many things for the 49ers offense. And with Le- with it being in Levi Stadium, that's just all the more reason for me to pick the 49ers. Well, I also agree with you. I do have the 49ers as well. I think that even if George Kittle is out, he will still play the game because he's competitive. But that fact, just having George Kittle on the field, he's such a dominant player, in my opinion, that he will attract all these defenders and players. So that will open up um, it will open up space for running, open up space for other wide receivers to catch the ball and run downfield. But I do think that the main factor in this game is going to be the 49ers defense against the Packers offense because the Packers have been running the ball a lot with Aaron Jones. And I think that he's been uh, great so far in the playoffs, but they've never faced a defensive line like this with Nick Bosa and D Ford. It's going to be really, really, really hard to find pockets in there and to run downfield for the Packers. 
So I also think that George Kittle will be very important in determining the outcome of this game. I think if George Kittle doesn't play or if he's very limited, I think the Packers will win this game simply because I trust Aaron Rodgers more than Jimmy Garoppolo in clutch situations, just like JW said. However, if George Kittle does play, I think he will be enough for Jimmy Garoppolo to be able to match whatever Aaron Rodgers does just because he's such a good security blanket and he so many people have to pay attention to him on the defense just because of his ability. But the reason why I think the Packers don't win if George Kittle is more than just limited or if he's fully healthy is because I kind of agree with you, Jacob. I don't know if they're the most overrated or the worst 13 and 3 team of all time, but I definitely think their record doesn't show how good they have been throughout this season. You even see, saw last week against the Seahawks team that really doesn't have that much talent overall outside of their quarterback. And that game went down to the wire and they only won by five points. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers hitting Devontae Adams on a few big throws, Russell Wilson probably wins that game. So I don't think that this Packers team, especially if George Kittle plays, will be able to hold up against this 49ers team, which may be one of the greatest overall teams we have seen in a long time. So I'm going to have to take the Niners here, and I think it will come down to the Niners defense versus the Packers offense, like Ben said. And what I see there is I see a Niners defense that is number one in the league against the pass. And last week showed that it can take on the run as well, stifling Dalvin Cook in a major game. So I just don't see the Packers getting anything going. If you look at Aaron Jones' games over the year, he's been very much a boom or bust kind of guy, feast or famine. And I think the Niners are bringing a big famine into Levi Stadium for Aaron Jones. I think George Kittle plays. He draws a lot of attention and opens up some lanes for um, the Niners receivers. And Jimmy G has a great game. And I see the Niners not only winning this game, but I said earlier in the year the Niners are the best team in the league. I think they proved me right uh, the week after this in February when they win the Super Bowl. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. Signing off for now and saying goodbye, I'm Jack Ringgold.